0: I think when I was younger, I was picturing like this like huge party, like in a club and like everyone having fun. But now I'm just like, well, I don't drink. And clubbing just like t- the thought of it tires me out. Like, what do I want to do? I might just like go off on a weekend and like do it like a short yeah. like weekend trip with my right. sister or something. I don't know. Just I- as long as there's food, I'm good. We're good. Hi everyone, I'm Stacey. I'm Melissa. And, and this, this is Tea Talk. Talk. Okay, we did it. We nailed it. <laughs> um, so welcome to 2020.
1: It's it's literally, it's literally been the longest January. Yeah, so ever.
0: by the time you guys see this, it'll be months in. But yeah. we're recording this in the February, it's what, February First. 1st? Yeah. yeah,
1: it's pretty crazy to think that one, we're in the year 2020. a whole month has already passed. I know some people keep joking around like I don't know if you've been seeing those memes where people are like January 56 2020 like because because this month has felt so long. It
0: literally has felt so long and I feel like it's so weird when we have those like mass thoughts I guess like everyone thinks the same way.
1: But ironically like even though I feel like the world has felt like the month is long has been really long for me personally I felt like it's zoomed by. Really? Yeah. And I don't know if that's just because mentally, I think there are some things coming up Mm -hmm. in the next few months that I wish I had more time. Like I'm almost like delaying and wishing that I had more time before it comes up. So for me, I feel like January has actually passed by really fast.
0: Same for me, too. It's like even though it's only January, like I have the entire first half of 2020 like already planned out. I have like even just scheduling out like our sessions, like our sessions to record was so difficult.
1: Yeah, we had to block out our calendar literally in 2019, like the end of 2019. We mapped out all of the days that we were recording, all of the events that's, that's happening. And we realized like half of our year is pretty much booked out, which then gave me anxiety because I was like, holy moly, like this year's really going to fly by because everything yeah. is already planned. And I want to be more present this year and really enjoy like each season because I f- did feel like 2019 for me was like kind of a blur. Really, And I was just like just getting by mm. each week and then all of a sudden it was like it was over and i want to definitely be more mindful of like this year being present at each moment because there's so many big things happening this year and i don't want to be caught up in being worried about like the next thing so that yeah. i miss out on like what the present time is giving me or um, i'm supposed to be experiencing so yeah 2020 we're here we're here <laughs> and so maybe we should just talk about how we've been in since season two till now because it has been a couple of months since we've checked in since we've recorded and as you know in a few months a lot can happen
0: yeah i've been um pretty much off the grid since season three ended um i not officially but like i like went on a hiatus on instagram and i haven't been really posting since like i don't know november um And I haven't really been on it. I have, like, my own, like, private Instagram account that I've been on more with, like, just, like, friends, like, people that I actually know. Um, But in my, like, public one, I'm, like, silent. Like, people probably have forgotten about me.
1: Yeah. And I think that there was a time where I also just kind of retreated a little bit. But then I started being active again because I wanted to get back to, like, why I was on Mm -hmm. Instagram, which is sharing what I'm going through and just yeah. writing from the heart. And I also realize that writing for me is like a form of therapy. And so when I am able to share those things, I feel like I can kind of release some of the feelings or things that I'm going through. And I don't know, I feel like I also have this like push and pull sometimes where I don't want to post and I don't want to do it. But then I also have this desire to keep going because I don't want to like give up on something that I started. So I, it's like a weird like mentality because sometimes I'm like, I need a break. But then I also have this, the type A side of me was like, well, if you stop, then you're like failing. And like, I have to like sometimes rewrite (laughs) that narrative and recognize that there are moments where you need a break and there are moments where you can have the bandwidth to be more present. And right now in my life, like I can be back on Instagram Mm -hmm. given that my travel has kind of died down. So I've been picking up the steam, but it's hard to keep consistent.
0: I think for me, it's just right before I quit no went on my hiatus I was like really burnt out I was so burnt out like I not only on Instagram but in my life as well and like I kind of just like stopped reaching out to people Mm -hmm. as well and um and now even thinking about like I'm in a better space now like I I feel revitalized and like have more energy Mm -hmm. and I have like more I'm more clear-headed but getting back on Instagram I think it's just so daunting and I like I don't know what I want to use the space for anymore because yeah. I feel like now that I have the podcast, I kind of have the space to right. like talk about my feelings and yeah. kind of vent, you, you know? You
1: also went through like a lot. You like were in the car accident, which like yeah. really jolted you, which you talked about the end of last season. Um, So I think you had every right to kind of just yeah, like, and then also, back to yourself. Yeah. And, like, and also my yeah.
0: family was in town for two months with me. So I wanted to like really just step back and, like, be present with them because I don't know if you guys know, like, I we live, like, half a world away from each other and I, like, barely see them. So when they are here, I want to, like, yeah. be there with them. And, and it was just a really nice time with my family and my totally. sister and every, yeah. I think sleeping. we
1: all need that, especially being someone who is a creator. You have this pressure to keep creating and then you have this pressure you put on yourself to, like, do well and then... Yeah. You know, then you have to balance your real life and recognize that you can't always be 100% in every part of your life. So I think that if you're listening and you're feeling that way, it's okay to take a break. And we did that with the podcast, right? We always take a break in between each mm-hmm. season to really rejuvenate ourselves, reset ourselves, but also live life. Because if you're constantly connected to your phone or constantly connected to social media, you aren't truly being present.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um. So that's that. <laughs> that's that. Um. But also, like, there's just... Like, 2020 for us is weird because it's weird, yeah. we were both born in the ni- year 1990. Um, so that means we're both turning 30 this year. And by the time this video and podcast comes out, we, we'll be 30. We will be 30 years old, which Three is zero.
1: crazy because our friends who are already 30, they're all like, yeah, this is like the best like stage. Yeah. Like you're going to love your 30s. But, oh, I'm so excited. And I'm excited. But there's also this sense of like mourning your youth. I don't not know. That I'm, we're not, I'm already
0: done mourning.
1: Not that we're like old by any means, but there is this sense of, wow, a whole another decade yeah. has passed. And for me personally, it's not a mourning of that. It's more of like... Time is passing reflecting, by so fast. yes, on the idea of time and how yeah. time is so limited and time is precious and so many things have happened already in 2020 with like the passing of Kobe and how that really just hit the world so hard. And, and personally for me, it made me check myself and recognize that like not every day or moment is guaranteed yeah and
0: when things like that happen it really it hits everybody because it kind of reminds us of like our own mortality and that's what scares everyone
1: yeah it it definitely reminded me how fragile life is and how each day that we are given is truly a gift and to take every day and every birthday right and celebrate it because again it's just like kobe woke up with dreams and aspirations for his day and the next day and goodness like he's not here anymore so I just think about how I can be more meaningful as I move through my day and be more conscious of how I'm impacting others or just how I'm living my life like is it aligned to like my joy do I feel good about what I'm doing and so I don't know it just gives give me a lot of perspective and with turning 30 yeah it does put things into a different frame of mind
0: yeah so I don't know I think I've just been so ready to turn 30 since my I don't know like breakdown (laughs) in late 2019
1: Um, she had a britney moment it's fine
0: (laughs) uh i don't know i feel like i was so tired of everything in my 20s that i just like i was so ready to turn 30 and i remember turning 29 and it was funny i was looking back at our notes from last year from season i think it was like season the beginning of season two yeah and it was like the first episode the season starter and we were like oh like we turned 29 and we're like 30s coming up like how do you feel about turning 29 and i was like wait like we've been doing this for like a whole year and when we first met we were not even
1: 29 yeah <laughs> we turned 29 during like the process of starting t-talk mm-hmm. and so for us that was monumental because we were like wow this is the last year of our 20s and we're starting this new project yeah and what's cool is it's kind of like a digital diary for yeah. us. Like, we to listen to that uh-huh. and be like, oh, that was how I felt back then, and now we're a year later filming this new season and being also like a new season in our life. Yeah,
0: too. but like, the the mood when we when I turned 29, I was like, remembering it. I was like, oh, I was so, like, sad to turn 29. And, and a little nervous. Yeah, because I was like, is such a weird year. Like, I don't know if I'll like it. And it was okay. Yeah. Like, I think 2019 was actually one of my best years because It was very like transformative for me. But the excitement that I'm feeling to turn thirty is unmatched, unrivaled in any way. But I don't know. I think the one thing that's like that I wish I'm putting more thought into is like how to spend my thirtieth birthday, like the birthday party. Yeah. Um, I don't know yet what I'm doing. I don't know yet.
1: But all I know is I want it to be spent with the people that I really love and care about. Like I'm not really a big like showy person. Am I
0: part of that group? Uh, duh. Okay,
1: <laughs> VIP. Um, I don't want. I'm not one of those like showy people where you know I you do it for the gram and you got all this like you know luxurious yeah. whatever. I just like want all of the people I love in one space. So I need to find a space for that. <laughs> yeah. But like I just want all of us to share like joy and memories and. Just experience everyone's company, like all the people that I love in one room, celebrating, having a good time, because also it's really hard to get people together these days with how busy people are and just how everywhere Mm -hmm. everyone is. So for me, it would mean the most just to have everyone in one place yeah, and and sharing laughter and just like having fun.
0: Yeah, I think when I was younger, I was was picturing like this like huge party, like in a club and like everyone having fun. But now I'm just like, I don't drink. And clubbing just like t- the thought of it tires me out. Like, what do I want to do? I might just like go off on a weekend and like do it like a short yeah. like weekend trip with my right. sister or something. I don't know. Just I, as long as there's food, I'm good. We're good. I'm
1: good. And I think the older I get, the more I love low key things. And I I know I've always been a grandma. If you like know me in real life, you know this is like really who I am. But the older I get, I'm embracing all of that about me. Like I love staying in. I love going to bed early. I love my early mornings. Like I love all of that. So I'm just excited that I really get I'm just coming into myself even more. Mm -hmm. I think that's what 30 is about. It's literally owning your story and embracing your truth. Yeah. And embracing
0: your don't care about what other people think,
1: like truly acknowledging this is who I am. This is where I've been. This is where I'm going. And I'm like happy with that. Mm -hmm. And not to say that, like, that's easy for everyone. I think it's been a huge journey for both of us to get there. But I think why we're both so excited to turn 30 is because there has been so much like self growth in our 20s. That, like, another year is like, wow, what am I going to learn this year? Like, who am I going to become in this next year? (laughs) Like, it's so cool to think about how each year you become a new version of yourself. And that's what I'm excited about.
0: And that's a perfect segue into what this episode is actually about. Exactly. So in celebration of turning 30, we wanted to talk about what are the top things we learned throughout our 20s in this last decade? Mm -hmm. The most important lessons that we really, truly want to share with you guys and what we're bringing into our third decade of our life.
1: Yeah. And I think a lot of our friends uh, are still, you know, in the like core of their 20s. And I hear a lot from folks, you know, being worried about the future or Mm -hmm. being worried about not knowing, you know, where they're going in their lives. And we've now had the opportunity to kind of go through that stage. And now we're entering this new season. So I think it's going to be cool to look back and be like what's the wisdom we've gained in the last decade and how has that changed us how is that propelling us for the next stage of our lives so we're super excited we hope you are too whether you're (laughs) already in your 30s or wherever you are watching this i think that we can probably all resonate with some of the things that we'll talk about today So we're going to jump into our top lessons that we've learned in our 20s, mm-hmm. and we'll kind of just talk about how we learned them, too. Yeah. So, Stacey, kick us off.
0: Okay. So I think the biggest thing that I've also heard, like, my my friends who are 30 already is that they just stopped caring what other people think. And I think that's a huge, huge lesson from, like, when my, from my early 20s to, like, going into my late 20s. I was like, Wait. I don't need to care about what other people think. So yeah, I think, I think once you get that concept, everything starts falling into place because you're like, I'm doing this for me and not
1: for anybody else. That is so aligned to like one of my top lessons, yeah. which is when you come into alignment to who you are, meaning like you truly start to understand what is it that you want in this life? Like what brings you joy? What type of people you want around you? Mm-hmm. You start to literally have this sense of like peace of if that doesn't fit what I like want for myself, then I can let that go. Yeah, and like one of my top lessons of in my twenties was that when you come into alignment, that means you are going to shed relationships and people. And I used to think as a people pleaser, like I had to be friends with everyone that I came across, and especially my twenties when you know you're moving to new cities, and you want to be friends with everyone and you want to make that network. I felt like I had to say yes. To everything, everything and yeah. say yes to people that I knew, to be honest, weren't in alignment to who I wanted to be. And then I had this moment when I was 24, living in DC, and it was the first breakup I ever had with a girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And I actually had to sit her down because she was, you know, she was asking like why I was so distant. Right. And I had to be very honest and I said that our relationship is very taxing on me and it's not something that I feel like I can handle right now. It's almost like a burden for me because I feel like. Some of the things that you are asking me to do is not in alignment to, like, what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And I think that I just need a break from our friendship. And how did she take it? And she was actually, like, shocked. She was like, I had no idea that I impacted yeah. you like that. Yeah. I think it was a wake-up call for her, too. Yeah. But she handled it pretty well in the sense that, like, she didn't, like, fight me on it. She was more of like, thanks for letting me know, and I hope that we can be friends in the future. Um, We didn't end up rekindling our friendship, but that's because we just were so different. Different. All right. And, like, when I was 24, I was trying to make that friendship work.
0: And, like, I think that's a, that's okay. And I think that's also another thing that I learned, and I'm pretty sure you also agree, and it's probably on your list, too, mm-hmm. is that you don't need 600 friends. You don't need 300 friends. You don't even need, like, 100 friends. Like, you just need the people that actually get you, like, quality over quantity. And, you know, like, I know before when I was younger, I thought the more friends you had— it, mean, it meant, like, you were more important. Yes. And that's not true. And also, like, it doesn't matter. If people are, like, kind of judging you based on how big your social circle is, then
1: that person doesn't matter. Yeah, I don't think that, you know, when I was 24, I had the ability to fully recognize all of mm-hmm. my patterns and, like, all of that. But now, obviously, years out, I can sense that when I was 24, I was very concerned with, like, oh, very, who I was hanging with. I was out so with. self-conscious, yeah. Yeah, and, like who I spent my time with, like, who am I posting pictures with on Instagram? Who am I going out, you know, with and all of that? And it's just like, none of that matters mm-hmm. if you're truly not happy and connecting in a genuine way. Yeah. Right. If I'm only going out with you to go party, but, like, that doesn't even bring me joy. Exactly. Like, it's empty.
0: Yeah. Like, it's okay to have, like, people that you do activities with, you know, like, have activity friends and have, like, people you talk to. But you don't need to, like constantly have yeah. that many people around you. Um, and that's why I like I like to call my, like, friends, like, pockets, different pockets of friends, because I have so many, like, different facets of myself that, like, one pocket of my friends, like, don't really know. Like, Alyssa doesn't know that I'm, like, become a total weeb.
1: <laughs> um, Excuse me, what is she's that? She's like, what is that? <laughs>
0: um, and, yeah, so it's fine. But, like, you don't need, like, 300 of them, right? I think... The most important thing too is how to like choose your friends wisely and don't let other people like who aren't giving the same consideration like then like drop them, you know? Yeah, I think you don't I mean, have to put your energy yeah, like into don't ac- everyone. Yeah, don't yeah. accommodate for people who aren't giving the same consideration. But like if someone is putting effort into the relationship, you should also match that. Like I'm not saying be a terrible friend, like you should also learn how to like be a good friend, yeah. right? So that's one of, I think, in friendships and, like, that kind of relationships, that's one of the biggest things I learned yeah. in my 20s.
1: Yeah, and for me personally, it was, like, I had to recognize who I wanted to be and then find people that were on that same pathway. Mm-hmm. Like, I was not on the pathway to spending every weekend drinking, getting drunk, and recovering. Whereas I had a lot of friends in my early 20s where that was what they wanted.
0: And and it's okay if that's what you right. want. Like, that's fine. It's yeah. just not who she is. Exactly.
1: So what I'm saying is, like... It's not what I wanted. So therefore, I had to recognize that Mm -hmm. and choose friends that would support the growth that I wanted.
0: And that's another thing, too. Like, as we change, because we're all going to change. Because I remember in my early 20s, that's what I like to do. Like, right? Like, I like to go out. I like to drink. I like to have fun. But as I got older, I kind of also moved away from that. And, like, it just exhausted me. So naturally, your friend circles are going to change if they're not changing with you. And that's also fine, too. Like, You don't have to completely like cut ties with them, but I think it's natural to like move on from friends too. Like you grow out of them. Yeah.
1: And that's the perfect transition because my next lesson was don't be afraid to change and don't be afraid of change.
0: That's also on my list.
1: (laughs) I think your 20s is literally the most transformative time in your life because there's so much change that happens. Mm -hmm. Many of us are graduating college, so we're getting out of sort of this Uh, low risk environment, safe safe zone, zone and really experiencing the world independently and for the first time navigating Mm -hmm. who we are. And that change is scary, right? Feeling like, who am I outside of school?
0: Also, like at that age, like you don't know what you want. Like, how are you supposed to find like the to find like what you want to do for the rest of your life? Yeah. And I think a lot of um, a lot of us, when we just get out of college, we go through that phase where we're just, like, panicking. We're like, what do we do? Like, mm-hmm. now that we're out of college, we have to get a job. We have to make money. We have to, like, find, find a stable. the person that we're
1: supposed to be with. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and, like, no. You have the rest of your life to do that. Like, your 20s is supposed to be a time of, like, exploration. And, like, be open to change. And in your 20s, that's, like, the best time to go through change because you have nothing to tie you
1: down, right? Yeah. And I think... When we think about change, it's not just changing, like, in terms of, like, who you are. Mm -hmm. It's thinking about, like, your environment, too. Like, we grew up in different parts, you know, of the world in terms of our childhood. But for me, like, I was always in Southern California. And what was really scary was having the opportunity to move across the United Mm -hmm. States, move to the East Coast, and really experience a change of my environment and i have to say that a lot of us don't take those risks because we're too afraid right, yeah. of leaving what's comfortable but for me doing that for myself was the best decision i ever made was yeah. packing up my bags moving to a city that i had no connections in starting an entirely like new life from scratch because it allowed me to see how capable and strong i was i think there was yeah. this fear of like Really doing things on my own because especially when you come from a family where no one has done these things before, you you don't have someone to look up to, right? You don't mm-hmm. have someone to be like, hey, what? Well, how was your experience? Like, I was the one paving that pathway for right. my family, and so moving across, you know, the U.S. and starting a whole new life, like those changes fundamentally changed me
0: mm-hmm.
1: and made me realize how capable I am to do things that really scare me. Yeah, like drive a U-Haul <laughs> <laughs> for 400 miles.
0: And, yeah, and I think what's really, like, the key here is that change equals growth, yeah. right? If you're not changing, you're not growing. If you just stay in one place, there's never going to be opportunities for you to, like, learn from and, uh, you know, grow from and, like, excel and, yeah. like, prove to yourself that you're capable of great things. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. Don't be afraid
1: Don't of change. Don't be afraid to change. And, like, welcome it. Like, really embrace it because that is some of... I think the best experiences that we've had is because we've Mm -hmm. taken those risks to change.
0: And then speaking of change, it's kind of like life throwing curveballs and then also like not being afraid of failure too, right? Like I think failure is a type of change where we always expect to not fail, right? But alas, like it's going to happen once or twice or multiple, multiple times in your life, but... Those are the opportunities and those are the times where it allows you to, like, grow and prove Mm -hmm. yourself, prove to yourself that you're capable of, like, changing the situation that you're in.
1: Well, (laughs) it's perfect because it actually also transitions to my next lesson, which has to do with failure. But rejection is not failure. It's redirection. Like, I feel like in my 20s, every single time I've been rejected or, quote unquote, Mm -hmm. failed at something. It truly led me to the pathway that I was meant to be on. And at the moment, I was devastated. I remember thinking, why? I thought this opportunity was supposed to come to me or this relationship was supposed to work. And then every time it failed, I had to change the way I thought about it and recognize that I am being redirected to the path that I'm supposed to take, Mm -hmm. whether it be a job opportunity, a new city. Um, a relationship, which there's many failed relationships there. And I realized that it was literally leading me to where I needed to be and opening doors that needed to be opened. And the doors that closed was actually preventing me from going down a path that wasn't truly meant for me. And so if you are facing failure or rejection, just know that that is the universe or whatever you believe in uh, God closing doors for you so that the right doors can actually open, open for you. Yeah.
0: Also, like kind of going off of that too, like, just because everybody else's, like, journeys and life looks a certain way, yours does not have to look like that, right? Like, I think society has kind of ingrained in us that we have to, after high school, we go to college, after college, we get a job, after, like, once we get a job, we get into a relationship, we get married, have kids, that doesn't have to be you if that's not what you want, or if that's not what's coming to you right now, right? Like, I think, in our episode last season about timing and like feeling left behind that was like one of the key things that we talked about is that you know it looks life looks different for everyone and everyone kind of like starts at different places and like when they're born and you know it's you don't have to be what other people think you should be at that moment in time if you don't get a job right out of college that's okay too like take your time like Figure out what you really want. Mm -hmm. If you're not in a relationship by your late 20s and you're not engaged, that's okay too if that's not what you want and that's not like the place you're supposed to be in right now. If everyone's having kids like and you don't want them or you don't know if you want them,
1: that's fine. Yeah. I think that there was a lot of reflection in my 20s to undo the expectations that Mm -hmm. I had placed on myself because of societal expectations, but really in particular Asian family values of really feeling like Pressured to find my husband at a young age, have kids in my mid 20s, go down a career path that was stable and secure or accepted in my family. And, you know, I went into teaching, which is not really a career that I think many Asian families like
0: support (laughs) or
1: encourage like that's never really conversation like go be a teacher well i studied art so yeah (laughs) and so for me and social like asians in education are also like a very like a very small minority so gotta represent but i went through this stage of feeling like am i living up to the expectations that have been Mm -hmm. placed on me and if i'm not feeling like a failure and then i realized i have to literally throw that out of my brain and realize that my timeline the life that i'm crafting. What matters is that I'm happy doing what I'm doing, yes. that I love the life that I'm living. And if that feels good to me and I wake up feeling excited about every day that I get, then I can live in peace with that. Mm-hmm. And for the majority of my 20s, I truly loved waking up and like teaching and giving my heart to like my students. And that, for me, changed me as a person. I'm already an empathetic, deeply empathetic mm-hmm. person, but it gave me so much perspective to recognize like the human experience. And how we are truly, no matter what color, religion, country you come from, like we are all humans who have feelings and deserve to be loved and and be safe. And so I just feel like if you're listening and you're feeling lost, like just yeah. know that like wherever you are right now is setting you up for the future that you want. So long as you are going with your gut. And like that's one of my other um, lessons is like really, really listen to your intuition and like your gut feeling. Because oftentimes the answers that we're looking for externally are actually internally. Like we already <laughs> know those answers. Yeah. And for me, it's like there was a moment in my life where I had to completely flip the script. This was similar to like our timeline. But when I was living in New York, my sixth year on the East Coast, I realized I was deeply unhappy. Like I felt alone. I didn't love what I was doing anymore. I felt really burnt out from teaching and I was also going through a lot of health issues, physically and mentally. And I realized the life that I'm living right now is not serving me. It is not aligned to who I want to be. It is not aligned to the lifestyle I want. And I'm not taking care of myself. And so I had to make the decision to move back home at the like late 20s, yeah. move back home. That was like a huge blow for me. Like for my identity. Ego, yeah. Yeah. Like my ego was like, oh, my God, you've been living on the East Coast for the last six years and plus college on your own. So the last decade of your life, you've been on your own and now you're moving back home. To
0: live with your parents. Yeah. yeah. It's like most people would be like, what? Yeah. But that's okay. It is okay. It's okay. And I'm
1: here to tell you that it's okay. And not not just is it okay, but you've got to do what's right for yeah. you. Like I had to heal mentally and physically from things that I was didn't heal. Like I was just pushing it away when mm-hmm. I was living on my own. And finally it came to this point where like my mental health was so bad that like waking up was not fun. Like I dreaded my days. And then now I'm like, you know, two years into my healing journey and I'm realizing if I hadn't done that for myself – and made the courageous decision to pack up my bags and and not have a plan, then I could be living a very different story. Yeah. Like one, we wouldn't have met. <laughs> but two, <laughs> I like I would not be that able would to be like be
0: a disaster.
1: Yeah, be on the other side of healing and be able to stand before you and say that I'm better. Yeah. But it takes courage to recognize that your story doesn't have to look like the pretty scripted Hollywood movie or And honestly, yeah. I feel
0: like rarely does anybody's
1: story look like that. But the thing is, we're still conditioned to believe that that's, that's what we're supposed to yeah. live, that you're supposed to get your education, you're supposed to find your career, your dreams, find the man or partner that you're supposed to be with, and then it, it's all happy. Yeah,
0: it's it, it depends on what you define your happiness yes. to be.
1: So you have control over your life, like more than you know. It's like trust your intuition, but also like be your own definer of what success is. Like you get to decide what success and happiness is. It is not dependent upon nope. other people, your family, which is really hard for me because... <laughs> Obviously, my family is really important, but I've had to realize like if I want to live a truly happy life, I have to follow my gut and I can't be like, feeling guilty that I'm not living up to the expectations that have been placed on me. Yeah. Like at some point you have to separate like expectations and like what you really want. It's true. Yeah. So that was a big lesson. <laughs> but something I'm really passionate about is like encouraging others to like not be afraid of like starting from scratch.
0: Yeah. Just like starting over. Yeah. Over and over and over again. Which is fine. And like, like that's what life is. And that's the that's the whole the other thing that we talked about. Like how mm-hmm. pro- progress isn't linear, like it's a spiral. Like I think so many times I was also cleaning out my laptop the other day and like looking at my resumes from different yeah. points of my twenties and I forgot about some of the little jobs that I had. And I'm like, oh yeah, I did that for like two months. And like I had so many like odd jobs here and there. Yeah. And I've I've switched career paths so many times. I went from an art major to art business to going into, like, galleries, and then I went to, like, the fashion world, and then I went to culinary school, and then I started my own business. Like, it was—there's so many, like, different trajectories, and none of it, like, kind of, like, went really far. Mm -hmm. And every time I started something new, I was like, oh, my God, I'm back in square one. Mm -hmm. But then when I realized that progress isn't linear, you're not back at square one. You're, it seems like you're in the same place. Like you haven't moved, but you've come full circle. But then you're like, mm-hmm. you've went that entire like circumference, yes. right? Like you still progressed. You've learned things. You're not back in square one and it's okay to start over. Yeah. Like that's how you like learn different things. And like ex- life is all about like experiencing and like having, experience. that's like all of those like job applications are like, Oh, we want you to have like seven to five, five to seven years of experience. Mm -hmm. That's more important than like, like doing one thing.
1: Yeah. I think that that's a huge lesson also, especially if you're in your 20s, like career is a huge part of that growth stage Mm -hmm. of like figuring out what you want to do with your life.
0: I still don't know what I want to do with my life. And And at this moment, like I'm fine with it. It's fine. I don't care. I I know it's going to happen sometime. Like I trust the process. Yeah. Yeah. But that's not how I thought when I was, like, in my mid-20s. Like, right. I was in constant panic. Like, oh, my God. Like, this didn't work out. I'm starting something new. And I'm so behind now. Everyone's, mm-hmm. like, already, you know, three years into, like, a career path. But I'm fine now.
1: Yeah. I think, though, like, when it comes to career, like, my biggest advice is don't be afraid to try new things and, and, and realize that's not for you. And then keep trying. I think that I was super afraid after being a teacher that, like, I couldn't switch careers and mm-hmm. that I couldn't get out of teaching because that's all I knew. And I had those self-limiting beliefs of, like, who would hire me? Like, all I have on my resume is teaching. But if you limit yourself and you think that's all you have and instead of thinking about all of the skills you've gained in that industry, then you are going to limit yourself. But then I started to realize that if I wanted to truly live this one life the way that I wanted to, I would have to be okay with being, like, with the unknown. Yeah. And it took me literally almost a year, nine months to be exact, to find a new job after I left teaching. And in those nine months, like, it was so hard because I realized how much of my worth I attached to my job. And when I didn't have a job and I didn't have anything to do every single day, I was like, well, what am I here for? Mm-hmm. Like, why, why am I even living in this earth? Yeah. Like, what's my purpose? And so that was really hard. But that's hard. I also have like, my biggest tip is like, take breaks and you have your whole life to work. And so if that means you took a 6-month break from one job to the other to figure out your life to work on your mental health to physically improve yourself like whatever like you can do that
0: and this is the
1: time to do yes. it. Yes and don't be when apologetic. You
0: have no ties to anything else right? Yes. Like you don't have to family a family to raise you don't have like other responsibilities a mortgage to pay like this is the time to do
1: it. Yeah. And that's what prompted me to make the career switch because I thought If I don't do it now and I want to do it, then Mm -hmm. I'm never going to do it because this is the time. Like I don't have anything that's holding me back. Like I don't need to be staying in New York. There's nothing that's keeping me there. Like I don't have family there. There's no like reason, right? So like you might as well move back home and figure it out and like take the time to grow and heal and figure out what is the next step for you. And Mm -hmm. so if you're also going through that stage, don't rush the process. Know that it takes time. Like I took literally almost a full year in my 20s just to not work. Which, if you told me at, like, age 18 that I, that was going to happen, I'd be like, you're crazy. Like, I've always been a workhorse. I've always been like, nope, got to move on to the next thing. And then taking a full year off of work to work on myself was not only necessary, but one of the best things I've ever done.
0: Yeah. I, I think most of my 20s I was, like, not working. And then I was just, like, spiraling into, like, insecurity because everyone around me has, like, these – because all of my friends are, like, super successful. And I'm just like, hmm. I don't know what I'm doing with my life, you know, yeah. and it really like eats into your like self, Worth. You know, yeah, self-worth, self-worth, self-confidence, your health, everything. Yeah. yeah. And so I was I was really in like the worst of my depression in my 20s and like the mid 20s. Mm-hmm. But then once I realized like all like nothing matters, it's also, I was like, yeah, oh, OK, <laughs> you
1: literally can't compare your journey yeah. to anyone else. And also you have no idea what people are really going through behind the scenes.
0: That's another thing that I wanted to talk about. Yeah. So empathy was something that I learned, actually. And I'm a type of person who, like, reacts really strongly, like, on the get-go. And I realized to not—to stop jumping to conclusions because you never know what the other person is going through. Mm -hmm. And you don't know the other person's story and where that's coming from. If they're saying something, like, negative, putting out some negativity into the world, that probably comes from somewhere. Mm -hmm. And— you don't know what they're going through. So try to put yourself in someone else's shoes and understand that there's a reason that they're saying this or doing something or reacting this way. Um, and don't take it personally Mm -hmm. and like, don't react
1: negatively as well. Like don't add to it, you know? Yeah. I think one of my biggest lessons is like, you're responsible for the energy you bring into a room to a space, to a relationship. And the people that I've recognized who don't realize that are the people that I don't connect with because I am such a, like an energy person. Like I can feel your energy. I can sense if something is wrong. And if it's wrong, I feel it too. And so I like have recognized that like, whenever I come into a room, I'm literally conscious and intentional of like, What is the energy I'm bringing Mm. to? If I have a negative mindset, how can I clear that before I enter this room? Because I don't want to bring that onto like someone else or um, project my problems onto someone else. And that's hard. I'm not saying I'm perfect by any means, but I literally think about those things every time I enter a room, like whether it's a work meeting, whether it is recording this podcast, whether I'm meeting up with a friend to catch up, like I really think what's the energy I want to bring into this space? How am I feeling right now? And if like it's not a good feeling, then how can I make sure that I'm not... Projecting that to mm-hmm. other people mm-hmm. because I don't want other people to feel like bad, bad yeah. about like the way I'm, you know, processing things or what have you. And I think being vocal about how you're feeling is important. Like I'm feeling kind of low energy right now because I'm just feeling really tired or bummed about this. Like I just want to let you know so that way you know that that's what I'm going through.
0: <laughs> but most people aren't like her, yeah. <laughs> unfortunately. Like me, I'm not like that. Um, and I think most people aren't like going to be as mindful. So as the recipient of mm-hmm. um, the energies of that person, you just have to be like, well, like, you know, maybe they're having a bad day. Like, yeah. it's OK. Like, even if they're not, maybe they are just a terrible person. Yeah. But
1: forgive it, them. Let it go. It's so it's recognizing that the how other people treat you yeah. has, is actually not a reflection of you. Mm-hmm. Um, well, most of the time. <laughs> um, <laughs> hopefully. Right. Hopefully. Um, but also that you have a responsibility to check your energy and mm-hmm. to check what. How you're impacting others. Yeah. Because I don't think everyone's conscious of that. No. And I think the more conscious we can be, like, the better our relationships will be, right? Mm -hmm. If you're conscious of, like, what you're bringing.
0: And I have a cheat for that. Like, the biggest thing is act out of kindness. Like, if your starting point is out of kindness, then every single decision and every single thing that comes out of your mouth is always going to be the right thing. Mm -hmm. Because kindness
1: always wins. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's like the first thing you teach your students in a class. Like, is it kind? If it's not, then don't say it, <laughs> yeah. right? And it's like going back to the first lesson that we learned. Also, don't think it. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's another thing. Can you verbally, like, can you actually process that out loud or like um, internally? Um, but yeah, I think that all of those things are incredibly important. And speaking about energy and people, one mm-hmm. thing that I also learned was to not be afraid to be alone.
0: Oh, that I learned that really late. I think last year. I learned that last year. I think that
1: was actually a huge moment for you in your your 29th year. I, to be honest, I'm very much an introvert, like in the sense that the way I recharge, I have to be by myself. And I learned that early in my 20s after being a teacher and realizing I'm spending all my days with people and giving a lot of me. Mm -hmm. I realized the only way I can feel better is if I'm by myself. And it's still true. Like I have to be by myself and I need my alone time.
0: Yeah. I think for me loneliness was like my biggest fear all throughout my 20s so being alone for me was so counterintuitive um so and why why was that though I, I well, well one I'm an extrovert I think um just by nature so I need I draw my energies off people and I felt like because also from the other thing like I felt like if I had more friends I was more popular and I felt more important right like I always had to be doing something I have to do Be
1: doing something with other people. So it came from like
0: a a place of like
1: value. Yeah. Like if I'm not if I'm by myself then I feel like I'm not. Or like I'm valuable. If
0: I'm if I'm by myself then I that means other people are doing things with other people and I have a huge fear of missing. FOMO (laughs) is like, that was a huge insecurity of mine. But you know when you turn thirty it's called JOMO, joy (laughs) of missing out. (laughs) But it's true. Like I I don't know what happened. Maybe just like awakening or just like self reflection last year, but. I really understood the the joys of being alone and, like, doing things by yourself. I think it was a gradual process, mm-hmm. honestly, like, from solo travel to, like, learning to be comfortable going to a restaurant by yourself, going to the movies by myself. I love going to the movies by myself. Um, and then eventually, I think meeting the people mm-hmm. that, like, drain my energy, I'm like, oh, I'd rather just, like, not be with anyone, yeah. you know? Um, and then realizing that you can find joy in, like, doing things yes. alone at home and, like, I just Netflix, honestly. Yeah.
1: But also, like, <laughs> if you don't spend time yeah. being by yourself and you don't ever spend the time to be with your thoughts or just get to know who you what are. What thoughts? <laughs> there's nothing that goes on. i <laughs> <laughs> um, But, like, if you don't spend that time, then I think that's where you fall behind in, like, just understanding who you are. Mm-hmm. And, like, in your 20s, again, that is the time to really start recognizing, like, the way you think, why you think,
0: yeah.
1: how that impacts your relationships with people—like all of those kind of self-awareness and coming into your own consciousness—only comes if you spend the time to really focus on yourself. Yeah, and you can't do that if you're constantly distracted with other people, or you're constantly yeah with other people. So, I know we're gonna dive into this like in a later podcast episode, but like being single in our twenties oh, was the literally best. the best thing that I could have that could have happened to me. It's the best thing still. But being single, like, literally allowed me to work on myself, right? Yeah. And then, like, so we started this podcast because we were two women who, like, when we connected, we were, like, we would talk about, like, our woes dating, in dating yeah. and, like, oh, like, online dating and all that. And then we realized, well, like, goodness, like, well, we have the time. Yeah. Let's start the <laughs> podcast. So all these amazing things happened because we were single. And I yeah. when I broke up with my ex back in the day, I started my blog. Mm. And it mm. was because I was, like... Okay, I'm no longer in this relationship. I have time and I want to do this. And when I was with him, I never felt like I could. So it was like, this is the best thing ever. Because it
0: was, and I think when, because half of my 20s was spent in relationships from like 18 to 26. Yeah. And so that was like a majority of my 20s. Yeah, that's right. My adulthood, honestly. That's a long time. (laughs) And yeah, and like I, I really honestly believe that like if you jump into a relationship that young, it really prevents growth. Mm-hmm. Unless you guys are very, very mindful people. And But I feel like most people aren't. And yeah. it just, like, stunted my growth, like, my emotional growth a little bit. Yeah. Um, but then once I, like, came out of and those, became like, free, became right? free, yeah. became single, I was like, oh, wait, I have so much to work on. And then yes. the last, like, three, four years have been spent on... Who who am I? What do I want? What makes me happy? Yes. And
1: how do I get there? This reminds me of a conversation I just had with a friend. And it was crazy. So she has been in a relationship her entire T of her 20s. She's now in her 30s. And then she said, I envy what you had. Mm -hmm. She said, I wish that I had time to be single in my 20s. Because now I'm working backwards and I want that freedom. That I never got. It's hard. And then it's funny because when you're in your 20s and you're single, you're wishing you're the person who's in the relationship because it looks happy and dandy and all of that. But again, this goes back to the the comment of in our lesson of like your journey is yours alone. And like do not compare mm-hmm. like what you have or don't have to other people. Because ultimately, like I would never want to change my 20s because I feel like being single for the majority of my 20s is like the best thing that yeah. could happen to me. I I'm. I'm. A late bloomer, too. Like, I didn't get in my first relationship until I was 24.
0: Honestly, that's, like, yeah. actually better. <laughs> like I, I, think, I think that's better. I literally
1: hadn't, like, even dated people while yeah. I was 24 and living on my own in, in D.C. And then, you know, was in a relationship from 24 to, like, 26-ish. And then I was single for, like, basically <laughs> the rest of my 20s. So it's just... At the time, I was thinking, oh, this sucks. Like, Or, you know, there have been moments and seasons where I've been like, why me? Like, why am I still single? Why am I not in a relationship? And I realized it's because I wasn't one, I hadn't met the right person, but two, I wasn't ready. Mm -hmm. Like, I needed those seasons of singleness to seriously work on myself. Yeah. And to, like, do these passion projects. And, you know, I can't say that if I was in a relationship, I'd be where I am today, you know? Yeah. Don't be afraid of being single and alone, is what we're saying. Single? Oh,
0: I love being single.
1: Uh, I love it so much.
0: I don't want to not be single.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Right. And again, that's that's another episode. We were on the apps and, like, just. Constantly swiping. A, it's so much energy, too.
0: Three, four months ago, I was on the apps. Yeah,
1: that's true. Which we all know
0: <laughs> how
1: that turns out.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, well, do we have a final comments?
1: I think that we touched upon a lot. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, I think our 20s, when I think back on the decade, it really brought so much clarity into who I want to be. Like the type of person I want to be, the relationships I want to foster, the impact I want to have on other people and it's really paved the pathway to like what i want this next next decade to be. Mm-hmm. It's like full of love, genuine authentic relationships, not caring about what other people are doing or saying, Seriously. and truly living like your best life. life. Yes, my best life, my most joyful self where i'm working on myself, i'm conscious of like my energy and who i'm impacting and the people that i'm bringing into my life yeah. and be very picky. Just be – and friends. not settling, right? Just like – Don't settle. Having the bar so high for my life in the sense that I know what I want and I know stick that – Stick to that. Right. Just like, like, it's stick fine. To that. yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for me, it's like I – the last three years of my 20s have been tr- so transformative and I'm so thankful that I had that time to, like, work on myself before I got into my 30s because I feel like now I can, you know, full force go into my 30s and be like – I don't know what's going on next year.
1: <laughs> and I think that's the beauty, though, yeah. of like entering this next season is realizing we have no idea what it's going to bring. I have no
0: idea what my le- the rest of my life is going to bring. And didn't know what 20s I'm was going to totally bring. I'm totally fine with it because I think before, when I was 19, thinking about my 20s, I'm like, oh, I have to have a plan. I have to have this. Now I'm just like, I don't have a plan, and I'm
1: happy about it. <laughs> yeah, and just yeah. fully embracing what life throws at you and – and being okay with uncertainty and recognizing that the beauty of life is that there's so much like opportunity and growth around us. Like we just have to like be willing to accept it yep. and be willing to like really dive into that journey. So cheers to the next decade, girl. You got some left? Come on. A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so cheers to our, our 30th year in our next decade. <laughs> we uh, are so thankful that you're on this journey with us. Like it is so cool to connect with Women and men who reach out and say, like, what you said is exactly what I'm going through. Yeah. And, like, that makes me feel empowered to keep doing this because, again, there are other people that, like, resonate with us. And I want you to know, like, I love it when you DM us or say, like, I'm going through this, too, because it makes me feel less alone.
0: Even though we're not afraid to be alone. I know.
1: (laughs) But it's, like, it just reminds (laughs) me, like, we're all human. We're all human. And
0: we're all going through the same thing, even though we're going through it at different times. But I think, you know, the human experience is called the human experience because, you know, we're all going
1: through yeah, it. And, like, don't be afraid to, to experience those things and yeah. those feelings and those emotions. So we're just so excited. Thank you so much yeah. for joining us on our first episode of three. 2020. And again, there are a couple of things you can do if you did listen to this episode or watch it on YouTube. Let us know by taking a screenshot of the episode and tagging us on your stories. It's one of the best ways that we find who you are, who's listening. And then we always love it when you attach like, oh, what did you learn from this episode? Yeah. Or like what resonated with you? It is literally the highlight of every week.
0: And comment down below of what was your, I guess if you're still in your 20s, it's
1: fine. But what is your biggest lesson that you've learned so far in your life? Yeah, share with us what you've learned. And we hope to continue growing and learning with you all. And again, just thank you so much. Anyways, thank you so much for watching and listening. And we will see you on the next episode. Bye. Bye.